Hello there, friends, and welcome to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, your enchanted passport and sometimes twister over the rainbow and down a yellow brick rabbit hole as we pull back the curtain on American culture's most visited fairyland. We are your co-hosts, Tara and MK, your good trouble witches of the concrete jungle, here to preserve the rustic emeralds of yesteryear and reimagine an Oz for today and future generations. This season, our third, we return to Baum and the turn of the 20th century, finishing up our remaining 13 books in the original Oz series penned by first royal historian of Oz himself, L. Frank Baum, and published between 1904 and 1920 posthumously. And then we return to Oz, taking up residency in Disney's dark, disturbing, and kind of delayed fantasy sequel of the Kinder Trauma Age, scarring viewers since 1985, a near 50 years after the MGM release. Wheelers in shock therapy and screaming heads. Oh my, we are in for a wild ride. Buckle up, babies. Off the pod, feel free to visit our Insta at Down the Yellow Brick Pod for an accompanying Technicolor scrapbook, as well as our Patreon Pod Squad, where we continue the escapism and entertainment with bonus content from Tiny Oz Concerts, think coffee shop style covers and mashups of Aussie tunes, our Yellow Brick Vlogs, exclusive episodes, monthly parties with occasional special guest drop-ins and giveaways, and more behind-the-scenes shenanigans. As a community-funded podcast, our Patreons are truly our backbone, our people. So consider joining our pod squad today. It would make our day. Now, may the world of Oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years, nostalgic and nuanced, and a magical refuge where two gals in New York City can cross yellow brick roads with wonders like you. Hey, M, to Oz? To Oz! Michael Luongo is an actor and longtime Oz fan who has called NYC his Emerald City home for the past 12 years along with his fiance Joey. No stranger to magical worlds, Michael played Lord Cannon and understudied J.M. Barry on the national tour of Finding Neverland in 2018 to 2019. He earned his BFA in musical theater from Montclair State University, where he spent four glorious years honing his craft with your host, Tara Tag. For more info, visit www.michael-luongo.com, linked in the show notes, or find him on Instagram at Michael Luongo. Okay, so the scene begins, we have left the Halloween full moon, <laughs> as Emma <laughs> named it, and we are gently rocking, like there's a sense of calm and peace that starts this scene, in a crate where we get to read that it says Cottonwood Farms mm-hmm. on the crate, and it says Kansas pretty boldly as well, and the first line we get after hearing some uh, clucking <laughs> happening is, what's that? <laughs> From a waking sweetheart of a Dorothy because she has been able to fall asleep. Don't know how she did it. And also it. remain perfectly dry. She does not <laughs> look like she's been through a trend. Yeah, her downpour. hair looks great. <laughs> she looks the same as when we left her um, in the insane asylum. Like she's did not have that outdoor scene. So there's already a bit of magic <laughs> happening here. Mm. Um, and Belina is trying to lay her egg and she wakes up Dorothy. Um, and 
there's a big realization that the water is a pond. Like I believe Blina says, like, why are we like, what, what are we doing in this pond type of a line? And Dorothy's like, what are you talking about? Like we were not in a pond that she looks around and it's very, very tiny pool of water that is just diminishing as it goes. It's being like sucked into the sand, um, almost like it's quicksand. Um, and Dorothy's just accepting what she sees. Yeah. Like, it's just like, okay, she's asking questions, but she's really just accepting. Like, how did we get here? Like, how did we get here from Kansas? Like she kind of just accepts that Belina's with her. It just moves so fast. Like there's no, mm-hmm. like, what the, there's no moment. <laughs> of that. Anything that you've noticed in these first few, like the, the opening dialogue and like also sweet Dorothy is not even clocking like that. She's talking to her family chicken. Yeah, I guess that's not right away. I guess I, that's my question is how did Belina get there? Yeah. That's my biggest question because I have a tiny theory. I want to hear it because it's very easily just like, Oh, this is happening now. Like Belina's here. And even Dor- as you're mentioning, Dorothy's reaction, she does question. That might be the biggest thing she questions. But even then, it's it's not like, what? Like, she does accept it. She's just like, what are you doing here? Oh, it is a pond. And then very quickly, it's just like, all right, let's keep moving forward. So I think me as the audience member accepts it very readily. But then looking back, I'm like, wait, I didn't really question why Belina is there, how she got there or looked deeper. So I'm here for theories. We brought this up in scene one. That Belina is the one that like nudges the key to Dorothy in the hay. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe there's a connection between the faraway land of Oz that they can communicate with Belina and Toto. Like we talked about Toto being a part of this too. Because Toto like has that howling moment that's like a signal, I feel like, to be like, she's going to that place. She's going to that place oh. um, to like get. Ozma there or something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's like, could be, we could interpret it that way. Cause it's like, no, totally. When, when she's at the, uh, the doctors and we see the blonde girl who is Ozma, do you read that as that is Ozma? Or is that like, you know, like going back to MGM Oz, you know, the farm hands become the best friends, you know, the nurse becomes mom be the doctor becomes you know all of that like what do you make of that we didn't talk about that um that if it's like traditionally like the mgm kind of like format Mm -hmm. it's just that that girl we called her the child servant we did not know (laughs) to call her the child servant of this mental institution if she just becomes ozma that she's not ozma there that she's a young girl right she is not ozma there at all she's just a young girl who Maybe she's been, maybe she's gotten out of the basement. She was a patient that was thrown into the basement and she's like trying to figure out how to get out of here. And she's mm-hmm. trying to get. That's true. We didn't people. consider that. Only thing that will, I think, conflict with that is like, she's like, why are you here, Dorothy? Like she has that. She knows. She knows. Mm-hmm. A little she too ha- much. Yeah. 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 But interesting though, like Michael, we didn't even consider that. We really spent time in this scene and that wasn't even something that came up. So thank you for bringing yeah. that up. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that is cool. Um, and yeah, so like what I, to connect that thought of like Belina maybe having a way to communicate to Oz friends as like an mm-hmm. SOS. 
I think maybe the greater power of the good witches of Oz or Ozma got Belina to that crate somehow because they yeah. know she needs a friend. She can't, she needs to have someone there yeah. with her. Um, right. And well, and she play. needs a chicken because we need, we need that's what the chicken makes. That's so right. true. So it's true. someone who knows what, how to take out the gnome king. Or when she was in this chicken crate the night before, she was floating down the river, passed by the old, <laughs> passed that's by their camp. That's it. <laughs> and Toto Belina was, was like, like yeah, and Belina was like, oh my God, it's Dorothy. And Toto was like, I don't feel like going. You can go. And she's like, yeah, oh, it's your turn. Your turn. <laughs> yeah. I'll stay here with Eureka. I'm good. Eureka. <laughs> Yeah, no, Belina definitely must have some type of magical connection because I think that's also why when we get to Oz, Belina can speak, whereas like Toto couldn't speak being like, you know, when Toto gets transported, Toto doesn't have that ability. So yeah, Belina must be a conduit uh, between the worlds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's a conduit. She's been summoned. I love it. And like, it does make sense. Like she is the secret weapon. Yeah. Okay. I'm into this. Love it. Listeners, feel free to write us. Yeah, let us know your theories. Feel free, because we'll, we will take them all, all of them. 100%. Um, okay, so then we have this realization, like, oh my gosh, if you're talking, <laughs> this is Oz. And she, like, stands up in the crate, and then we have this beautiful music accompanying this vista, like this pan um, yeah. of her looking at this very barren desert with just some rocks peeking out. And I believe this is where we start to see the rocks have eyes. The hills have eyes. Oh it's really scary. Mm-hmm. The rocks have eyes. Ah. And we also <laughs> see, like, she's not too far from the shore. Um, yeah. And this is, like, if we're thinking canon, really, if we're really holding this as a sequel to what we know of um, of Oz, this is, like, an information, like, Judy Garland Dorothy did not ever share that she knew about the Deadly Desert. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So this is where she remembers like her Oz her Oz geography her Ozography she like remembers like oh proud of her yeah like we can't step on this like Belina almost is a goner she's (laughs) She's a goner able to save her which is great um so that brings that in you know what would have been cool to have seen Feruza do the first story like really just see her go through like the first adventure too that'd be cool that's kind of what we have to do as audience members like we have to kind of see her in that story so it's so cool like that you know it's just interesting that you could do that um and clearly this deadly desert is very thirsty because that water disappearing it just gets Mm -hmm. it's pretty much gone they make the realization of like oh there's no more water and this is where belina is really like peppering in her sense of humor which is so (laughs) needed at this point like we're finally actually having like warranted laughter which is great I um, love her little before, quips, and I love when Dorothy's like, when did you learn to talk? She's like, how's my grammar? <laughs> <laughs> so but that actually, in a deleted scene, got answered. Um, oh. When she asked, how's my grammar, <laughs> Dorothy, like a true Dorothy, said, very good for a beginner. Ah, uh, ha, ha. Like, she's not caveat. being shady, but she's being shady. Slight shade, yes. Yeah, they cut that line. They cut that response line. They just let the scene, they let that question go unanswered and then just <laughs> move them forward. So that's really funny. You can watch that deleted scene on the U of Tubes. Um, <laughs> this is the moment of musical magic with the floor is lava. I wrote down circus music. Bum, 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 bum. Yes. yes. Yeah, like it's carousel. 
Yeah. I'm in line at a, at a merry ground or something. Yes, like, yeah. exactly. It's so fun. And she has a moment of like, she has Whoa. A, yeah. Whoa. I was freaked out. I was like, girl, I knew she had it, but you know, oof. I mean, I the nervous. movie would have been pretty short. Done. Yeah. She didn't the have end. it. The end. And she doesn't have her ruby slippers on. Like she has nothing That's to protect true. her. Yeah. So we're watching her little stocking feet do this. And mm-hmm. of course, like what's really fun to track while watching this scene is catching how many times it's an animatronic, a puppet, Belina, which is so well done. So funny. I love that. So well done. And a real chicken that she's actually holding. Like we presents yeah. before, she had, I think there was like 40 chickens. Like there they were had. 40 chickens. And also Feruza kept a chicken. She oh. kept one. She, it was her playmate when she went back to the hotel room. Oh, and the chicken oh almost gosh. died because she had the chicken have a play date with the bunny rabbit. Oh my oh. god! And the chicken ate one of the bunny rabbit's pellets, which is poison. Poison. Wow. And went into like a seizure, <laughs> and they had to call like the the like you know the animal ra- the animal wranglers or whatever to help, and the chicken was okay. Oh my she gosh! Shares that story of like her poor chicken. Yeah, add That's that to scary. like the story of like how like difficult it was to film this film, and then yes. add that your like your pet chicken almost dies. Jeez. Oh my god! Yeah, seizuring. She's been through enough. Leave Dorothy alone. Leave her alone. I really love that, though, because Judy Garland loved Terry, who played Toto. So the fact that Fruza, like, loves the chickens, that feels so correct. Right. And, like, Judy had Terry stay with her. Yeah. They had, like, little stints. I think when Tori's Sleepovers. Tori, what am I saying? I think when um, Terry's foot was healing, when he had his little ankle injury... From a winky card, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. He stayed, or she stayed, excuse me. She stayed with uh, Judy for that time. But, Aww. of course, we all know Carl Spitz was like, you can't have Terry. Because she wanted I Terry. know. She really wanted. Aye, aye. Oh, so Terry had to keep on collecting those paychecks and being a slut. Stay in the show business, Terry. Stay in that business, Terry. <laughs> and, of course, this is now, too, when we're starting to see the eyes on Rock. And yeah. um, they start they start to discuss wanting breakfast and uh dorothy feruza dorothy starts sharing about how she wants to go see her friend the scarecrow he's the king of oz like kind of catching us up to date with where the book left off so we're like oh yeah right the scarecrow is the king the king of the emerald city is the king of oz cool let's go see him um and then they stumble upon the lunch pail tree which we just all love so much and i love uh belina's little like side joke of like well what happened to breakfast like she's so funny just these little moments are so so cute um the ripe like finding the ripe ones is so fun to witness i miss the weird insect convo that they have in the book i wish it was put into the movie because it could have totally been put in they have this whole conversation about how like dorothy like kind of is like squeamish when she sees belina eating worms and um belina's like well you eat chickens I eat worms, so you're eating worms. Like, it's a weird yeah, conversation. Yeah, I know that like, is a weird thing whoa, to think about. Whoa, you're right. So yeah. we've, we've talked about this conversation a lot just because it is so, like, whoa, that's a weird thing to see in a kid's book, but also correct. Like, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. what that is. So ahead of her time, Belina. So ahead so of her smart. time. I think it could have fit in here. I could have, I would have loved to have seen, like, a little, a little convo, not just about, like, getting us informed of what's going on. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Like have a little side conversation for character development and just right. to get their like I do Rapport. think this this Dorothy and Belina, rather than our book Dorothy and Belina, are more loving to each other. I think in the book yeah. there's a little spice. There's some spice. It's, it's such a fun spice. Like yeah. they clearly love each other. Belina like will run up in later books to Dorothy, like with like uh, metals and jewelry. <laughs> like anytime Dorothy like is like in her vicinity, she runs and wants to join the adventure. Like they're like besties essentially too, um, which is so cute. Um, and the ham sandwich moment is really sweet, which is like it's not fried chicken. I know. <laughs> At least it's not fried chicken. I can I ask you both a question since oh, you yeah, grew up? Because Michael, you grew up watching this as a kid, right? Yes. Okay. So when what did you call the Deadly, Deadly Desert? The Diffy Daffers. The Diffy Daffers. <laughs> so I mean, I must have been like probably three then, like where I wow. couldn't, you know what I mean? I couldn't really like form words completely. Yeah. So yeah, the Diffy Daffers. It's like a that's, that's like so Donald cute. Duck's best friend. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Diffy <laughs> yes. Daffer. Yes. Donald and Diffy. <laughs> um, so when you started to see the faces on the rocks and the rocks like appearing but then disappearing, what was your instinct were you like "Ooh, they're good they're helpful did you immediately think they're bad and this is ominous yeah (laughs) i think just how they did the claymation it's like immediately like they're spies and they're creepy and yeah they're making like very like strange faces Mm -hmm. um and then we do when we flash to the underground it's like oh no what what is yeah yeah music makes us now like no we don't trust this is not a good thing yeah. Yeah, they are not our friends. We mm-hmm. get this rock moment before we even know that like Oz is in peril. Like we don't know that quite yet. This is like just the little like, oh, something's not right. I I would feel like I didn't love these rock spies when I was kids. Like I remember being like, <laughs> what? Like I think I had that kind of reaction to it. I always got very excited for when she got to Emerald City. That was like what I couldn't wait for. Like the scene I kind of like breezed through, which is great. I like that like we're stopping in the scene right now. But yeah, the rock spies, I always, I, they make me laugh now too when there's that one that's in the back that is just like behind them as they're eating their lunch. <laughs> it's just funny. It's a funny visual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now we get this moment of hearing the Gnome Kings distant voice from the gnome messenger. Okay. And the response to she has returned to Oz, which is, Hey, yay, our titles like coming in here is good, which that made me go. Ooh. Oh, did he just bring her? Is this all on the gnome King bringing her here? Right. Hmm. Why does he want her? I think he's, we do. We have had conversations about the gnome King book, gnome King and I guess some of the Return to Oz Gnome King has trickled in. But I think he's someone who likes to play with his food. I do think he is very <laughs> yeah. much like a show-off in his, oh, yeah. villain, his villainry. Because um, he can just take over, right? Like, he doesn't need her there. Or does he need her there? Because he's, like, trying to become more and more human. Yes. He does need her. Yes. Is it like he needs a human to be in Oz to help complete his transformation? So did he bring mm. her? Then did he bring her here? Ooh. He's like, good. Yeah, he's, it's like he's been waiting to. Good, she's here. We got her here. Good. 
Because then that like destroys all my theories. And maybe it's like Ozma knowing like what's happening and trying to prepare Dorothy for the worst. Like give it's like almost like she's throwing her like help, like, you know, lifelines. Like here's here's Umbelina the chicken. She's gonna be so helpful. Hold on yeah. to her. Um like it's something they, they can't, can't keep from happening. They so stopped. they may as well yeah, be, helped. <laughs> be prepared. Right. Be That's prepared. interesting. The good really stood out to me. That's probably the biggest thing to stand out to me in the scene. Mm, yep. Because it's like, oh, he was expecting her. Yeah. He's not upset. Well, mm. that changes. How do you take it? When you read the book, how do you take that? Do you feel like in the novel that's what it is? Or do you think it's different? No, just because like Oz, it's just like Oz is so different in the books. I feel yeah. like with like the natural disasters are Dorothy's. Actually, I don't know. Like I like was she because we do have theories that she was summons in the original in Wonderful Wizard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's actually a great question. Like was this storm planned because she's on a boat with uncle henry going to australia as you know in the books (laughs) Um, i don't think we ever brought up that idea though when we were going through the books that the no may have been the one to summon her so yeah no one's brought that up that's a cool take who would it be from the book to bring her back because we know in road to oz she's very much brought back by Ozma, that's like clear only because Ozma needs her there for her birthday party. Duh, like of course. But we don't really know in <laughs> Dorothy and the Wizard why she has like you know the earthquake kind of takes her yeah. there. We don't really know. It's definitely like the a, piglets. It's a major, yeah, a major the piglets. <laughs> if it's a major reason why, like nothing really happens in that book that isn't like like Dorothy isn't needed to save anything in that book. She just kind of goes right. on an adventure, kind on of an adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. in Ozma, totally she's needed. Dorothy's needed because there's a whole royal family that has been turned into ornaments by the Gnome King. Yeah. So I wonder. It's not the Gnome King doesn't need Dorothy though. He's actually really afraid of Dorothy in the books. Mm-hmm. Right, and remember because he's like, oh, she won't get past Mombi. So like, if I mean, he yes, wanted her to come there, you know, he would just want you know. But I think that's mm. he is nervous of her getting to him. Yeah, we don't have any strong supporting evidence for any of these theories. I think that's what we're coming up with. Like, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Okay, okay. Right. Interesting. Something to think about for sure. Yes, 100%. There's a moment where I cracked up as we're going deeper into, like, the woods after now having had the lunch pail tree. There's, like, a close-up on a rock that nothing happens. With the rock, I was like, "Oh, did they just forget to they like animate that rock?" Like it does time. feel like M, the school project thing that you said. It does feel like that for this scene a little. Like let's just get her there. Let's just get her there. Uh, we um, don't have time. Yeah. This happens. I yeah, this is a does, random tangent side note, but yesterday it does happen. I I was gonna text you, Tara, because um the new season of High School Musical, the musical, the series, it started. dropped. There it. Just yeah, they're doing like one episode a week. But there was a moment where one of the actors, it's just a moment where you kind of like trip over your words slightly. There was a little hesitation in the middle of a line. And I was like, did I just make that up? And I went back and it happened. It it wasn't anything crazy, but she really like it just wasn't really smooth in the dialogue. And I, I felt like they probably just didn't catch it and thought they had a take. And then 
couldn't go back because it's like they'd have to set that whole thing up again. I just went in this whole thing in my mind and now it you're happens. reminding me of it here. It's like for Is it the, the betterment- Woods actress? <gasps> Who's that? Julia, Julia Lester. Julia Lester. Yes, well, I'm seeing tonight in Into the Woods. Oh my gosh. Oh my who gosh. She, who does she play? I'm so fun. Little she's Red. Little Red. <gasps> that's so fun. I'm excited. I heard she's great. Oh, that's so fun. Is it her? No. She had a tight filming schedule. Oh, really? Well, she was in that scene, so it was probably... The the actress was um, Dara Renee. Oh, yes. I yes, like Dara her. Renee. But you think... The, the moment was, like, awkward? It was, like, an awkward It was moment. an awkward moment. It was, like... She paused before saying a word. I'll have to look it up and... <laughs> I'll attach a sound bite. Live action role play. Anyone? Mm. We're going to learn a lot about each other this summer, aren't we? My best character is a sewing wench from Gondor. You know, where it was just a little bit of a trip up. Um, and I which just we found do it, in life, I guess. Which we do really in life, fun. yeah. But I just really found fun. it interesting. So anyway, it's, it's not a bad thing, but it reminds me of what you're no. saying here. Like, all right, you know, hopefully just no one catches moving. it. And if they do... They have too much time on their hands, which I well, apparently do. <laughs> this leads into our next moment with the discovery of the old farmhouse, which this just feels like we're at the Tin Woodman's cottage, not the farmhouse. Like, it just yeah. doesn't look aesthetically like Michael. Like, well, yeah, where's Munchkin land? Like, why is it? It's literally a forest. Like, there's there's nothing. It's like you know? a witch's cottage. Like, yes, it it's very far cottage. from MGM Munchkin land for sure, visually. Yeah. Um, I do like that we get to peek in to the dishevelment mm. of the house. We see the little portrait of Aunt Em and Uncle Henry on the floor. Yeah, lovely little Easter eggs throughout. Yeah, and there's like shattered glasses, a mattress that has like just been flipped and flopped. Um, so yeah, we get that little moment and like Dorothy's like recalling everything and sharing this all with Blina. Like she's like, that's where the Wicked Witch of the Easts, like... That's where we crashed on her. And like Blina's like a witch. Like Blina's like, what? Like Blina's not liking where she is. I think all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> um, and then of course, like as we move away from like all the, co- like, you know, looking in at the very, it's also very like, no one has been in there forever. There's cobwebs. Yeah. Um, she has this realization of like, where is everyone? <laughs> and yeah. switches over to the yellow brick road um, which, like I said before, really reminds me of Land of Oz when it was not an upkeep, when it was this little lost amusement park in the Beach Mountain in North Carolina, just broken bricks everywhere. Um, the foundation is completely ruined. And, oh, her panic that just starts here. And there, this is my moment of seeing a little Judy Garland come through. Charissa Ball mm-hmm. is in this moment. Her no Belina, this line where she's like, No Belina, you don't understand. She has like that little, yeah, like Judy panic come through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like the everything else, she doesn't speak any other of her lines like that. Everything else is more matter of fact, but she has this like heightened effect in her voice. And I wrote um what you said that like Walter Murch was like looking for like Judy's cousin. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. I want like Judy's cousin. Like I don't want a Judy Garland Dorothy, but I want like someone who can capture like a little bit of that spirit, but be more of like the book Dorothy. And that's mm-hmm. it. Like I was like, there's like a sliver of like I could see a relation to the Judy Garland Dorothy in that moment for just a split second. 
which is pretty cool. Did you guys yeah. sense that at all? Yeah. Yes. It's so cute. Yeah, her vocal inflections, I, I feel like, are, are when they're heightened. You're right. I hear, I hear Judy. Like, I hear that little whimpering Judy which, when uh-huh. she's crying um, before she goes into the throne room. The little cracks, like the little lift in the mm-hmm. voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she books it. She's like, I got to get. Run, 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 run. Yeah, like. like bo- go ahead, Michael. Belina, like, just follow. You know what I mean? Just like, she doesn't pick her up. She's like flapping, just like trying to get down, you know? <laughs> Plus that road is cracked. Like that's scary. She doesn't fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord, I always thought that yeah. as a kid. It was like, how is she? How is she doing this? Like, yeah, <laughs> she's not falling. And um, there's also like a really random like sound cue of like crows. Yeah, that was, was weird. Like, oh, are those the crows of the scarecrow that we're like hearing the tormented sure. crows? I don't know. It's just like there's a weird sound. Of like right, it, and it would be birds. different if she was running then past a cornfield, and you know, then right. it was like, oh, the crows. But yeah, I think it's just ominous, ominous, ominous. Yeah, like oh. Um, and this is, of course, what I presenced before. I would have loved a montage here. I would have loved yeah. a little bit more time. Would have loved to have seen the landscape of Oz a little bit more because I yeah. think that's why people are pumped now for Wicked. It's like, please, someone show do us landscape of Oz right? everything. Yeah, Oz the Great and Powerful kind of failed. I mean, they did fail in mm. my eyes. They failed. It was like Candy Crush Oz. It was like, what is this <laughs> It's yeah. so CGI that I'm like, no, it, there's like nothing real about it. Hmm. Yeah, my newest bit of information about the Wicked film that makes me happy is Cynthia Revo did an interview and she said it will be a marriage of the book and the musical, yes. which Ooh. as a fan of both, I really think in order to put Wicked up on screen as a film, it needs to be flushed out in ways. And I hope, because Gregory Maguire's Oz is so faithful to the original in the sense of like the geography, the landscape, like the settings of things. So it would be nice to, to see that contextualized and visualized as well. I also hope they include that like anyone who doesn't get into Shiz University goes to the Wogglebug College. Ah, sorry, <laughs> the Wogglebug College, in. I think, is like the community college. Yeah, maybe there'll be I'll like a there. shot of like people walking about Shiz and then you'll see like a group of Wogglebogs like, you know, in their <laughs> school uniform over there. I need it. I need, like, listen, Em and I gave that freaking sawhorse and wicked a, an entrance applause. Like, I need more <laughs> of Easter eggs. That's the thing. There's so many, like, Easter it. eggs in that, too, of, like, imagery that people, unless you're, you know, yeah. a, a real fan of the world, you just don't know. Yeah. Because that's, like, that is, like, the ultimate. I think that's, like, the ultimate artist is someone who can pay homage to what has come before and reinvent and create something new. Like, that's my mm-hmm. favorite kind of something. And they don't ignore what's come before them. Like what Oz the Great and Powerful essentially did. It ignored everything that came before them. Like that's what it did. That's why I, to me it failed. Like because they just were like, let's make our own thing. But it's like, no, like you have deep, you have fans. Like, you have who so are, like, much to pull from. Yeah. yeah and like, deep, rich source material of varying yeah. things. So yeah, I think it's just, you can't with this world. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. The Wizard of Oz is a timeless story. Our favorite timeless story, duh. 
that can be told through every artistic medium under the rainbow. And that includes rising star makeup artists, flagship and limited edition Emerald City collection that has put the wash and brush up company out of business, honey. From stunning eyeshadows, glowing highlighters, to eye-catching lip care, each product is carefully formulated and packaged to enhance and inspire creativity. All Rising Star MUA products are also vegan and cruelty-free, celebrating an inclusive and conscious community of dream chasers of all ages, backgrounds, and gender expressions. We love to see it. The Emerald City Collection is a must for any Oz bounder, cosplayer, or fan, beauty and cosmetics lover, or anyone in search of aesthetic magic they can bring to their everyday. Personally, the LTB Oh My lip gloss is a daily go-to and new favorite. Visit Rising Star MUA at risingstarmua.com, linked in our show notes, for the merry old glow-up you've been waiting for. Here's to our fierce faces looking glam down our yellow brick road. Right. Okay. So we have her finally reach the Emerald City, the Vista. And it's very much, it reminds me of like the abandoned World's Fair. Like when the World's Fairs would leave Mm. be done over a lot of the buildings. Yeah, just like the arches and the domes and... Like what we have here um, in Flushing Queens um, at Corona Park, the like leftover remains, a lot of these buildings are very much in ruins, but they are also like not being taken down, which is very cool to just like yeah. hold that history, which is awesome. But also like, especially White City from the um, 1893 World's Fair. This is that. Like I was looking at some pictures of White City, which was a part of the uh, Columbus Exposition. We don't love saying that name. It sounds crazy to say White City in today's yeah. day and age, but that is what yeah. it was called. Um, yeah. And it was a lot of white buildings that glistened and gleamed together and looked just like, oh my God, city life is heavenly. It really did change how people perceived city life as not cramped, but as luxurious. Um a lot of those buildings just got like left up. They also were all very poorly made, most of them. Um, right. They got left up for like time, for a long time afterwards. So like, you know, cracks and things would start to happen. Um, and you could, that dome, which I'm assuming that dome that's on in the Vista, that to me would be where the wizard, that's like the wizard's palace. Yeah. That would yeah. be the palace right there, that beautiful dome. There is a beautiful dome from the World's Fair that it is identical to. Let me just presence the name of it. It's so Ooh. beautiful. Oh yeah, the horticulture building. That's what the name of that building. I'll I'll post this on the Instagram. It's like identical to the dome that we see in the Vista. So I'm pretty sure Walter Merch drew from that too. I think he was really into researching the World's Fair and having that element bring in because it's also such a bomb tie-in, which is always so yes. cool. And then we get this little moment that I love so much is like Dorothy's taking it in. She like puts her little head into Belina to kind of like wipe her face in some Ugh. way. It's so I love cute. that moment. I wrote Belina. Like she's kind of fixing her hair. Yeah. She nuzzles Belina. She's like kind of fixing her hair or like oh wiping gosh. any kind of like incoming tears. Like she's like, just kind of like taking a moment for herself of like, what am I looking at? Um, and then we so get sweet. the final line of this moment of, well, Belina, that was the Emerald City. And that's that's where we end this scene. Oh. Any final thoughts in this moment? Because it is like, womp, 
<laughs> womp, womp, womp. A sad place to end. I find it interesting that, like, the poppy field is not part of this at all. Just because, you know, the MGM, it's the iconic <laughs> thing of, like, the there. yellow brick road, the poppy field, yes. looking at the Emerald City. So no I time, guess Michael. the poppies no have all dried up. Um, but, yeah, That's it fun. is because it is such a different image than the one we're used to in the original film of, like, that, that giant green, you know, the, you know, the iconic Emerald City thing. Um, this is very different, but I like that it is so kind of, like, historical and it is its own thing. Um, because clearly they, in making this movie, they had to say, what are we keeping in line with that film? And what are we deviating from, you know, going back to the source material? Right. You just made me think like, oh, I guess what they're trying to get us to get on board with is that whoever is in power right now, who is not good, has like sucked away everything, like almost made things vanish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. dry the desert it's just yeah. like everything there's no there's literally no life yeah right so like maybe there's certain things like obviously we're gonna get to emerald city next and everyone's turned into stone in the emerald city um but so maybe there's different ways like maybe he just wiped out munchkin land the gnome yeah King. that's true you um wiped out like the poppy that, yeah. fields wiped out any kind of color yeah but the yeah. lunch pail tree is there which is interesting because that does help her um, mm. and just to connect back to our scene right before this, the lunch pail is the first thing sh- that gets taken away from her in the insane asylum. Right. And M gives it to her yeah. and then nurse Take Wilson away. takes it away. And it's the first thing she receives other than Belina, of course, as her companion, the first physical object she receives coming to us. So it, it also kind of does, it, it leans into that theory of like her, her projecting, and like fantasizing, you know, and taking real life and putting it into this other realm that no one else can see but her. In the MTV article, it said, the Emerald City looks like Rome post-sacking. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I could see that. Yeah, I think what makes me sad the most about it is it's one thing to see kind of like what we were talking about with our childhood places. It's one thing to see it kind of just go into disrepair just a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit, you know, faded in certain places and a little run down. That's one thing. Yeah. But to see it actually almost destroyed, like there's holes in the roof, you know, things are actually broken. This is not a safe place. That's what stuck out to me. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is actually really, really damaged. Yeah, it looks like the remains of a city that, like, clearly a war happened like, or some yeah. kind of catastrophic. Yeah. 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 So we're witnessing this in Ukraine right now, which is mm. uh, mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Um, these are, you know, like witnessing someone's home, like, yeah, like look like this. I, I mean, I think a lot of like the images from like post World War II, as well, like the rubble and people like having to rebuild. Um, yeah, it's a very like it's a sad way to end this episode because it's a very haunting image of just like nothing is permanent. If you don't take care of things, if you don't protect things, they are open to the elements. They are open to evil, I guess. Right. Like destruction. Like and some of that is like we can do our best and it still can happen too. you know, 
I even that today I, um, Michael, I don't know if you know this. I'm moving. I'm in the process of moving. Um, and (laughs) yes, correct. Um, I was going through, I have like a little box. Em actually knows this box really well because we found these things when she came home with me to Jersey, we were doing a garage sale with my parents and, um, we found a few treasures, one being my preschool, um, like yearbook where they ask you questions. Mm -hmm. And the question that was asked of me (laughs) for what's inside your body, my answer was bones, the tin man of the heart. Stop. That's what my answer was. That's the thing. I mean, you go way back. You're an OG, you know? It's so cute. What's inside your body? Bones. The Tin Man has a heart. I love that you're like, and also, just so you know, the Tin Man has a heart. While we're on the subject. There was another Wizard of Oz answer that I had in there too, but I was also reading like other little kids answers um, (laughs) today as well. And my best friend's name was Nana. I loved, I loved Nana so much. We were inseparable. And there's a question that I was like, this is a weird question to ask like a three, four year old. It was like, um, do you remember being born? And her answer was, no, I don't. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like acting for the singer. Scott Richards, like, remember one of the questions was like, did you have a difficult birth? And that then informed your character for acting for the singer. Oh, that wow. was like one of the random questions. <laughs> that is so intense. Yeah. We're like, yeah, I was like, Nana is honest. She's no, like, no, I don't. I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> But anyways, this is nothing to do with I what I was going to share, but love it. in that little box, like with these little treasures, and also I had a burn book too, Michael. It's terrifying. Oh my and- gosh, you did. <laughs> I did. It's mean. And <laughs> I found, I was just trying to be like cool, right? I was trying to be like a cool girl. So we all, yeah. So That's awful. what cool girls do. I hate it. Yeah. I need to burn it. It makes me so mad. But I found a little picture of, I think we were going to see the Statue of Liberty, so we were on that ferry. And I'm looking at New York and the Twin Towers are like perfect in view. And it just like that photo, I was like, I can't get rid of this photo. Like this is like, you know, like none of us knew what was going to happen in that frozen moment in time. That this Mm -hmm. would not be our vista anymore. Right. So I guess Mm -hmm. like where we're left is like nothing is guaranteed. Like the things, the sites, the places we go to um, that are precious to us we can hold them within us, I guess, too, because like, we never know if they're fit, like what will happen to their physical existence, Mm. (sighs) which is like a hard place to be left in. Yeah. Very adult, you know, lesson to learn. Or I think about, because how old are we thinking Dorothy is in this film? Feruza started filming, I think at nine. You could tell too that she's aged a tiny bit as the film goes, because yeah. even like the sh- I posted a shot of her on our Instagram that they like the shot they released. I think the first shot of her they released as Dorothy. She looks younger than yeah. she does mm-hmm. in the film. You like, change a lot a- when you're that age. Yeah. Oh, I see it in my kids, especially like most yeah. of my kids I teach are like sweet spot age three, four, five. Their three year old self to their five year old self. <laughs> another human. Totally Completely different. Yeah. Not as drunk adult. Not as drunk. Just a slightly less drunk. They're all just like drunk adults. Like that's why I love little kids. They're just so funny and how they flail about. Flailing. But But her aging with the film really works in terms of like, you know, Dorothy in that like 
facing a world that she loved being destroyed and then being part of like, you know, making the magic happen to restore Oz, you know, then she matures, you know, like she's literally a child being brought to an asylum essentially to have electric shock therapy to cure her, you know, like that's very heavy, you know, just imagine being left at a place by yourself where you're like, with this scary lady who has a wicked witch dress on like the yeah. shoulders mm-hmm. and it's so, and then the sh- getting strapped down and all the scenes in the hallway. It's, there's no buckets of water a, in sight. She, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. And then you have this random girl coming in with a jack-o'-lantern and you know, woof. <laughs> it's terrifying. It, yeah. It really is when you spell it out. Yeah. A fun fact is like, a lot of my youth, I was renting this movie from Blockbuster. That is, and a, when theme. I, that is a theme when, of all of our guests. When, and when I would rent this from Blockbuster, it had Return to Oz on it, but then it also had yep. some animated version of the story, which I loved. But then the other special thing was this. And I didn't rediscover this as an adult until like maybe six months ago, like during, it was like during the pandemic times. I reconnected with Oz a lot and I was reconnecting with a lot of like things from childhood, but I had this distinct memory of these images of after the film ended, there was this animated version, but then there was this live theatrical taping and all I could remember from it was a little boy becomes a little girl. And how I found this was I went on YouTube and I type because especially reading the Gregory Maguire um, Wicked novels and in the in uh, his um, fourth book that has when we get introduced to Tip um, and then Tip becomes a major wait. character in I other ones. Wait. But so I, I had this image of like a witch, this little boy and then this little boy becoming a girl. And I went on YouTube and I think I typed in like Tip, Ozma like boy like transformation and i found it and what it was was it's the the marvelous land of oz by the children's theater of minneapolis and i rewatched it in its entirety during quarantine and it was like i was so happy when i found it because i've had these images in my brain but i could never even just googling i could never find the thing and i finally found it it was like it unlocked this like thing because as a kid, I like anything that was like a taped theatrical thing, I oh, loved. Yes. loved. And I had mm-hmm. such distinct memories of that. Um, we we love that adaptation. Yeah. We had a recent on our Patreon feed, we went through like our top adaptations of the post Wizard of Oz book. I mean, that was one of the most pleasant ones, I think, on our list. A lot of the other the ones were very pleasant. like. <laughs> You know, like a lot of the other ones were like either on made projects or not fully realized projects or low budget yeah. projects. Yeah. No, that production is phenomenal. We did presence on our podcast episode. There is now that we, we've researched a little bit more. I believe the director was um, at the time, sex, like a trigger warning for this, um, sexually molesting children in the company, which... That is just so heartbreaking. Like, but we can't talk about it, I think, without mentioning that. But they're very transparent in that history. Uh, If you go to their site, it's like all there and everything has been settled. There's a survivor's fund. There's so much there. And we go into more depth on our episode. 
on that. But the production, if we can just remove that, that is a horrifying thing that was surrounding this. And I, I feel for any, if there's anybody in the cast that was going through this specifically, that cast, I think about that young actor to play tip. I hope that he was okay. I don't know. Um, but it's a beautiful production. The costumes are insane. Yeah. The, stunning. The interpretations of the characters, the translation of the book to stage is almost like spot on. It's, it's so, so good. Um, and I love that tip stays the same actor. We were very curious to be like, mm. is that they're going to bring a little girl out on stage? Well, that's one thing I was thinking of, like, especially for being like the eighties and like finding, a, and I think that's what it was. And especially like as a little boy, like watching that, you know what I mean? And it's like the whole tip and Ozma thing is so, especially now in like talking about identity and how people, you know, but I think it's very interesting that like that was happening then, you know? Yeah. And when Ozma is revealed, it's not like a joke. It's not a gag that, oh, this is a boy. Like it's literally like, no, this was a boy and now they are a girl, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just matter of fact, it's beautifully done. I think their time. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no idea why that production was on a VHS in Blockbuster, but it was, and I'm thankful for it. A double whammy or triple whammy, essentially. Yeah, I just because there's before the the show starts, there's like images of people getting ready, and I just had that in my mind of like like people putting on their costumes, and it's like showing them getting ready, and like yeah, yeah, it was like one of those like childhood Easter eggs that like I uncovered as an adult, and it unlocked so much for me. Yeah. Do you remember when we used to watch Liza with a Z with commentary? Oh yes. my god! And she'd be like in the beginning, the opening with warm up, like when like they're show they're showing like the band warm up. Her commentary is ah that trombone player. <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh what, Liza? my god! No, I love nothing more. Commentary. She's like, she's like, oh yeah, they need to do a re-release of Return to Oz with. Faruza doing her commentary. And like I've seen adult um interviews. Fortieth anniversary. Oh great. Yeah, coming up. Like they need they need to do that. They should do that. We're saying we're saying that like we're even like, okay, how do we help Return to Oz? Because Return to Oz doesn't have enough. Like there's no coffee table book. Like there there should be. Like of like right. It's it's niche and it's a slice of if you were a kid at that time. It's a big intersection. Some of you knew it and some of you didn't, and it's like I guess mm-hmm. we never really talked about it in college, but it's like our class was very like we were big Disney people, yeah. but we were more about like the animated Disney films. We weren't talking about like these like odd live action movies sprinkled in. We had in. princess sippy cups. That was when we were roommates. Michael and I's uh, choice of mugs were princess sippy cups. <gasps> Mine was Bambi this. because it was green. Oh, but sorry. yes, I mean we were literally like twenty-one year olds. Get it right. Drinking alcohol, oh, probably boxed wine in our oh. Disney goblets. I brought Disney. up on the last episode <laughs> how I went um, Halloween trick or treating as Liza Minnelli. Michael can attest. <laughs> it's Michael's true. There. It's freshman t- year yeah who were you i can't remember i was who i was you? quirky st Clair from waiting for guffman there you go wow See? you deep two cuts. were like made for each other deep cuts it was so, yes. so fun oh yes no like had, the universe the worked times. out that like the we ended up knew. being in the same class and yeah. it it put the, the the people together our friend know. nadia oh, says um I don't know what kind of education I paid for at Montclair, but I definitely 
invested in my best friends. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Like, I don't it know was what just my a good time. was. <laughs> what kind of Wogglebug University was this? Yeah, what kind of Wogglebug University this is? No, I think that all the time. I'm like, I paid for everything outside of. Well, I think that's just musical theater. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah. there's no security in this field. It's such a hard thing to teach. We were in like a program that was like new. It was brand yeah. new. So there's yeah. so many, you know, yep. rises and falls and things that were really great. Really, really great. Um, and, you know priceless wouldn't trade it for the world um of course. but just to that point of what we were talking about with uh Feruza, like aging in this film it also just like funnily makes me think of when you go through i think like trauma she's been through trauma um or just like heavy leadership role all the time like look at our presidents like i always think of like gosh like obama going into office obama coming out is like mm. yeah that is Different a 20 person. year old yeah 20 years aged man not eight not yeah. eight yeah and like even i said i think i messaged em once a voice from out of nowhere i was like i'm watching a ceremony with biden he looks eight years older than when he won like why do oh, we do this to someone i know this is why do we good. put all this on one person yeah that man is looking like a wax figure oh no Ugh. grandpa pop up Pop up. But anyways, pop up. But it's just like, it, yeah, like the stuff I think, like if we look at it that way too, it's like, of course she's going to age too. Like that's yeah. going to age her. Like th- what she's going through alone is going to age her. Yeah. I was thinking this for her seeing this place that she's returning to, like she already knows something is wrong, you know, even before she gets to the Emerald City. But I'm just thinking as kids, like, I wish I had seen this as a kid, but I wonder if it to me, I'm relating it to when you're young and like for the first time you lose a family member or like you have to go to a funeral or you your parents sit you down and talk to you about death. And, you know, like I was six years old, I think, when my grandpa passed away, when I lost like my first big family member. So I'm just thinking in that age range, like to me, that's sort of what she's going through as well is you know, because we all can't relate to like going to a fantasy land or however, if you think it's real, whatever. We can't relate to that exactly. But um, it's just interesting to look at it from like a deeper right. growing up, coming of age perspective. Yeah, we could totally connect to it in that. And she has no adequate adults there to guide yeah. her. She has a chicken who is looking to her as a caretaker. Like yeah, she's quite literally holding that chicken <laughs> in her arms. And even then, as she meets her other friends, and I know you'll get into this, but like with Jack calling her mom, and even like Gump and like TikTok, like everyone relies on her yeah. to further the story along. And like that's thing, she is this child, but she ultimately becomes like, you know, it it's down to her to go into that room and guess what ornament is who and save all of her people that can then restore this world. It's a it's a big uh, ask for a child. Mm-hmm. Totally, it makes me if we like let Walter Mersch continue on with like how he would interpret Dorothy, like who would she be coming back from this? You know, I do think she there's a resolved quality that I think is positive. Like I think there's like a closure at the end of this, which is really really beautiful, and also like a nice open door for her. Yes. Too. 
like where she's like, I know how to do this now, or it's not painful, or it's not like people are not believing me. I do think we get that, which is beautiful. But I'm like, who does Dorothy become? Mm-hmm. And you know, there are a few things who have explored this. There are some properties that have explored this, but I would have loved to have seen like Walter Murch's movie of Dorothy post, like her, her return to Kansas. That would be the, the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> return to Kansas. Friends, this is a great convo. This yeah. is yummy. And like a really tricky scene because it's very, uh, it, it's, it, I think it just brings up a lot of tough emotions and thank mm-hmm. you guys for going there. Um, yeah. Listeners, we are going to, oh, next scene is we're back to ah! um, <laughs> some horror film moments. Yes. We've got some new friends to discover. I thought they were in this scene, which I think um, we have to edit out of the other episode. I think I was like, wheelers, because I thought they were going to be in this scene. I did too. No, I'll fix it. I totally, It's like I they're totally the next thought. beat, right? Because yeah, she yeah, wanders yeah. and then she sees the the where the wheelers graffiti. Yeah. And then yes. it's like, who are they? And then yeah. the, the, the squeaky wheels start. Ooh, the squeaky wheels. So they are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put roller skates on my hands in preparation for next time. Can't wait. Please do. Learn what it's like to wheel around on all fours just to get really, you know, method with where we're going next. <laughs> and listeners, we can't wait to see you. And I I think we'll have a nice positive upswing too because we got to meet one of the best characters, I think. Agreed. In, in this in this whole film. Mm-hmm. Pick can't me wait. up. <laughs> <laughs> and thank Michael, you, Michael, thank for, you joining for joining us. us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to listen to like when all of the Return to Oz episodes are done and like listen to this whole canon of this film because it is like such a gem, right? It's a gem. It's a gem. It is. All right, everyone. See you in the Emerald City. See you there. With lots of Easter eggs. Can't wait. So many. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. If you are feeling fresh with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and now Spotify woot woot to leave us a glowing rate and review. It's a big help. Each person who leaves us an Apple review will be entered to win our end of the season Oz giveaway, including a gift basket of Aussie book goodies that trust me, you aren't going to want to miss. All previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We see you. Further fun and ways to support us can be found at our Etsy swag shop from Good Witch Trouble merch to our new Fab Four of Oz icon collection with a big shout out to our graphic designer, Maddie Frank. Find us also on Patreon and Instagram via Down the Yellow Brick Pod, as well as on Venmo at Down the YBP. We always appreciate a tip tip here. Let's escape to Oz soon, okay? Okay, Auntie M. <laughs>